0: It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
0: Everyone, konnichiwa. My name is Nikki Young, and you're listening to my new true crime podcast, Serial Napper. We're taking things back to Japan for a bit of spooky topic, but um, it's also one that is filled with a lot of sadness. And it came highly requested, so I thought maybe we would take things back a bit. I know the last case I covered was very, very recent, um, so let's just step back and take a look at this. So just a heads up, tonight we are going to be talking about suicide. So if you prefer to turn things off, skip to another episode. I totally understand and I promise you I will be back with more true crime in episode 6. So tonight I'm talking about Aokigahara Forest, which is said to be the second most common destination for suicides. It's second only to the Golden Gate Bridge. So before I get started, I wanted to take a second to send all of my love, my support, and my very humble condolences to the beautiful province of Nova Scotia, Canada. An absolute tragedy happened just a few days ago at the hands of a madman. That's the only way I can describe him. He was absolute trash. And as of now, 23 people have been confirmed dead but there may be more as police begin to identify new crime scenes. It's too soon for me to really go into further detail right now, and out of respect for the community, the victims, and their families, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but please just know that my heart absolutely aches for you. So, switching gears... I want to chat a little bit about the giveaway I have going on until the end of the month. You can find all of the details over on my Facebook page. I'm giving away a true crime subscription box from Just Killin' Time. And you have until the end of April to enter this giveaway. So make sure you check that out over on my Facebook page. I have all of the details pinned to the top so it's easy to find. And again, my Facebook page is at facebook.com. Slash Serial Napper. That's S-E-R-I-A-L-N-A-P-P-E-R. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. The Aokigahara Forest has been the subject of so many movies, you've probably heard of it before. It's also known as the Suicide Forest, and I'm probably going to refer to it as such throughout this podcast episode, just because it's a lot easier for me to pronounce. Now, I'm going to try to be as respectful as I can about it, um, because it's obviously a very, very serious topic. I, too, struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts as a teenager, and I can remember the hopelessness and just absolute despair that I felt at that time. If you're in Japan and you're struggling with mental health, please reach out to the Tell Lifeline. It's free, confidential. Um, it's a telephone support line and they also have English speaking resources and support. So I'm going to give you the number now. The number is 3 1146 You don't have to be suicidal to call. They're there to listen to whatever is troubling you. Now, you might think you know everything about the suicide forest from what you've heard from Hollywood and on TV, but I'm going to dive into some of the folklore and history of the forest, some things that you might not be aware of. Aogikahara Forest is 13.5 square miles of beautiful thick foliage located northwest of Mount Fuji here in Japan. Now, I haven't had the opportunity to visit myself yet, um, but once travel restrictions get lifted from COVID-19, it's definitely somewhere I've been wanting to go. Obviously, I don't want to exploit the area, but I just really want to take it all in. Besides the tragic stories of numerous suicides that have taken place there, um, it's also, it just has a bit of mystery energy um, that I'm drawn to. So... I have the utmost respect for the forest and I definitely have the utmost respect for the people who have died here and the people of Japan. Uh, it's just a place that I, I, I it's kind of one of those places that I just want to see for myself. So let's start off with a little bit of information about the forest, just in case this is all new to you. The suicide forest is one of the most popular suicide destinations in the world It also goes by the name of the Sea of Trees. The forest is so lush that some of the corpses can go undiscovered for years, or honestly, they might be there forever. Now, some estimates claim that as many as 100 people every single year kill themselves here, but the Japanese government has kind of stopped reporting the numbers They don't want to do anything that might further promote the forest as a place to commit suicide. So um, they kind of keep the exact numbers a secret at this point. Now, before entering the forest, there's a large parking lot. And sadly enough, you'll often find several abandoned cars. As you first enter, you're greeted with signs saying, please reconsider, think carefully about your children and your family. And other signs say, your life is a precious gift from your parents. Think about them and the rest of your family. You don't have to suffer alone. Please consult the police before you decide to die. Once inside the forest, you'll find that it is absolutely stunning. But it's also not a place that you'd likely enjoy taking a leisurely stroll. The forest is dense with trees that twist and turn, and the ground is rocky and uneven. These trees often block out any sunlight, so even on the sunniest of days, it can be quite dim and dreary. The trees also block out any sounds of wind, and I've heard that the quietness can be deafening. Venturing into any other forest, you typically see signs of wildlife and hear birds chirping in the distance, but not in the suicide forest. While it is home to some wildlife, they're hard to find and it's eerily quiet. The stillness creates a feeling of just absolute isolation. As you walk through the forest, you'll often find evidence of people who have walked through the trails before you. Some of the more common items found include scattered personal belongings like photographs, briefcases, and ripped clothing. Other more tragic items that you might come across are suicide notes and abandoned campsites. In fact, camping is allowed in the area, but usually the only ones willing to spend the night in the forest are those who may be undecided on their suicide attempt some will camp for days debating their fates and there's volunteers who will search the forest to find these camps and speak gently to the campers encouraging them to leave the forest even with the eerie feeling and the dark history the forest sees brave hikers exploring the paths every single day it's actually a really hot tourism spot The forest is truly incredible to see, and guess what? Past volcanic eruptions have formed a number of lava caves here, so you can actually pay to take a tour and come see all of the cool caves. Three of them are open to the public. There's the Bat Cave, the Ice Cave, and the Wind Cave, and they are seriously cool from everything that I've heard. So because of this, it does continue to be a hot spot for nature lovers. However, for some of those unlucky hikers and nature lovers, they might come across the horrific sight of a corpse hung from a tree or a skeleton with its legs poking out of the forest floor. Some of them might be recent suicides, and unfortunately, many have been there for weeks, months, even years. So there are volunteers who patrol the area every year to recover the remains of people. Police and volunteers will trek through the Sea of Trees to bring bodies back to civilization for a proper burial. These volunteers who search the area for bodies and those considering suicide typically mark their way with plastic ribbon that they'll loop around trees so that they can find their way back to the trail because, like I mentioned... The forest itself is very twisty, turny, everything sort of looks the same and even for the most experienced hikers it's so easy to get lost so they need that rope to track their path through the forest so that they can follow it back to get outside of the forest. Even the most experienced hikers can become fatally lost. What's really interesting and what I find a little bit spooky is that because of the magnetic, iron-rich soil in the forest, oftentimes cell phone service, GPS systems, and even compasses are known to malfunction. That's why the tape can be so crucial. Now, while science can explain away some of it... Some people believe the jerking, jumping needle on the compass is further proof of sinister spirits in the dark forest. According to an article that I read, the bodies that are recovered are held in a special room guarded by forest workers until they're collected or they can properly be disposed of. And in many cases, the forest workers will actually stay overnight with the corpses. So now that you know a little bit about the forest and why it's often referred to as the suicide forest, let's talk about how this beautiful landscape became the quote-unquote ideal place to take your own life. Now I'm about to say some Japanese names. I'm about to refer to a Japanese name in a Japanese book and I'm hoping I say it the right way, but please forgive me if I don't. Here it goes. In 1960, Japanese writer Seicho Matsumoto released a novel titled Kuroi Jukai in which a heartbroken lover retreats to the sea of trees to end her life. This novel and the love story, they both had a really big influence on Japanese culture and that's when people started to see more and more people coming to the forest to take their own lives. Apparently, there is also a book called The Complete Suicide Manual, and it calls the forest the perfect place to die. The book has been found among some of the abandoned possessions of various suicide forest visitors. Now, let's talk a little bit about the people who visit the forest to end their lives. (laughs) I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Currently, death by hanging is the most popular method of suicide among the Sea of Trees. Second to that is said to be poisoning, often by drug overdose. They are usually males between 40 and 50 years old, and they say the biggest month for suicides is March, possibly because March is the end of the fiscal year here in Japan. And unfortunately, according to the numbers, suicides taking place in the forest have continued to rise. This can be attributed to the rising number of suicides in Japan overall, so let's talk a little bit more about that. Suicide is viewed a little bit differently here in Japan as it is in North America. I mean, in some countries, suicide is still illegal or at least largely unacceptable. Even in Canada, there there's a lot of stigma around it. Um, it seem, it's seen, unfortunately, as something kind of cowardly and, you know, negative. And I mean, obviously, it is negative, but... In Japan, it's a little bit different. There isn't really a stigma. The tradition of honorable suicide dates back centuries when samurai warriors would commit seppuku, which is basically a ritual of disemboweling yourself. It's a way to uphold honor rather than fall into the hands of an enemy. So while it seems that cultural and historical factors might play a factor in the high number of suicides in Japan, There's also a lot of modern-day factors to think about. Anxiety is a big, big problem here. There are high expectations of many to find great jobs. It can be really difficult to find a full-time job, and many end up taking, you know, part-time jobs or temporary jobs. Those suffering with financial issues from losing a job or otherwise might feel like a failure. The pressure here to succeed and contribute is immense. Because of the high suicide rate, Japan's government enacted a plan of action that aims to reduce rates by 20% within the next seven years. Part of these measures included posting security cameras at the entrance of the suicide forest and increasing patrols. I also read a really neat news article about locals like Kayochi Watanabe, who have tried to banish the area's morbid reputation. Watanabe is a musician who blasts rock, pop, and hip-hop from speakers on the edge of a woodland close to Mount Fuji. He hopes that music, including one of my favorites, John Lennon's Imagine, might lift people out of their despair. Internationally, though, I mean, it's kind of been sensationalized and taken advantage of. A couple of years ago, a popular YouTuber. His name is Logan Paul. I didn't really want to say it, but if you want to look it up, feel free. He should be absolutely ashamed of himself. He made headlines when he went out into the forest with a camera in hand. And, of course, he came across a dead body. To which he laughed at it and and mocked the body. He filmed the dead body for YouTube views. He made jokes about the body, saying his intention was to raise awareness for suicide and suicide prevention, which is clearly a crock of shit. He could have turned the camera off when he came across the body, but instead he continued to film, even shooting close-up shots of the corpse. What's extra disgusting about this, and I mean, there is a lot that is disgusting about this, is that Logan's viewers are mostly tweens, literally the most vulnerable and easily influenced part of our society. This place needs to be respected. While we may not understand why someone would choose to end their life, the fact of the matter is that this is a final resting place to many, And it should never be turned into a joke or a gimmick. So now that we have talked about just how truly a tragic place this can be, let's talk about some of the more spiritual stories surrounding the forest. And as you can imagine, there are quite a few. So the most obvious story is that the suicide forest might be haunted. Actually, many consider it to be one of the most haunted places in all of Japan with believers reporting a very high number of yurei, which in Japan are ghosts who have suffered a violent and unnatural death. Many believe that these ghosts are vengeful, dedicated to tormenting visitors and luring those that are sad and lost off the path. They say that if you go there with sadness in your heart or any sort of unresolved issues, these yurei will drive you crazy and drive you to kill yourself. Now, I mentioned before that it's common for volunteers to bring a long tape or a ribbon or a rope when they go off of the trail in the forest so that they can find their way back to the trail. It's also common for those who are contemplating suicide to use a rope or ribbon, just in case they change their mind and want to find their way back out of the forest. It's sort of like their last lifeline of hope. Well, there are stories of people having their rope deliberately cut, leaving them lost in the woods. Some believe it's the ghosts who inhabit the forest that... These lost souls are forever infused into the trees, that they drive away wildlife and they prevent anyone from ever escaping out of the forest alive. There are also stories of people often hearing blood curdling, unnatural screams while wandering the forest. And of course, these screams are said to be made by Yure. Visitors and locals also report hearing whispering among them, as if various people are having a conversation, even though nobody is around them. Now, there's another story I've heard of another story that tells of a couple who ended up getting lost in the forest. And they were approached by a Buddhist monk who helped them find the way out. Once they got out, they were chatting with the locals. They told them their story of meeting this Buddhist who basically saved their life, and the locals confirmed, yeah, there there is believed to be an actual monk living in the forest um, who who goes about and tries to deter people from ending their lives. However, it's also said that this monk has never actually been seen outside of the forest. And it may not be a, a person who is alive. It may be another spirit trying to keep others from ending their lives. Aokigahara is considered to be a very spiritual place beyond just being a final resting place for many. You can find altars that have been set up by monks used to combat spirits that they believe inhabit the forest. In fact, at one point, 50 monks constructed a temporary altar in the car park with one of them stating, The spirits are calling people here to kill themselves, the spirits of the people who have committed suicide before. Whether you believe in spirits or these tales or not, the truth is that while many go here to end their life, Unfortunately, not every victim will be found. There are still so many bodies out in that forest. And if you're thinking about going, it's it's important to be respectful. The forest's density and difficult navigation make it just about impossible for every body to be located. And even just within that, there's an incredible sadness. So here's another reminder to reach out to your friends, your family, your loved ones, It's a really shitty time in particular right now. Even your happy-go-lucky friends may be battling something that you honestly just have no idea about. And if you are looking to unwind a bit with a movie, turn your brain off for a bit, and you have a little bit of interest in The Forest, uh, it's been mentioned in countless popular films. So here are a few of my suggestions. If you're into horror type movies, um, action, there's The 47 Ronin, which like you should watch anyway, even if, you know, you don't really like the spookiness of The Suicide Forest. I highly recommend it. Then there's the horror movie, which is titled The Forest. But my all time favorite is actually a movie called Sea of Trees. Um, It features Matthew McConaughey, so, you know, it's got to be good, right? I highly recommend watching it. It's definitely tough at times. It's going to pull on your heartstrings. Um, But it does have an important message of perseverance and strength, something that I think we could all use a little bit more of right now. So that is it for tonight's episode on The Suicide Forest. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com serialnapper And that's Serial Napper spelled S-E-R-I-A-L-N-A-P-P-E-R. If you are an iTunes user or an Apple user, you can search for Serial Napper. And hopefully, if all's working as it should, I should come right up if you're a Spotify user, guess what? You don't need a premium account to listen to podcasts. So all you have to do is search Serial Napper and there I am. So until next time, don't be a dommer. Bye.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein,